When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. In today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about regret. That thing that can keep you tied up in knots and chase you down rabbit holes. And actually, there's also a silver lining to regret. So I'm going to talk about the negative and the positive of regret, what it is and define it and give you a neurocycle to help you manage regret. But before we begin... I just want to remind you about my annual mental health retreat that is running December 2nd through the 4th of December in Dallas, Texas. It's live in person. I'll be there to shake your hand, sign your book, and share mental health tips with you that are going to really revolutionize your life. We've been through so much, as we all know, over COVID. So I'm going to talk about the COVID brain. I'm going to talk about the pandemic. I'm going to talk about the impact the pandemic has had on our mental health. What does it mean that anxiety has tripled, has tripled over the pandemic? Does that mean we have brain diseases? No. What do we do about it? The practical side of applying the neurocycle to help you through the anxiety that we are experiencing as a normal reaction to the pandemic. Lots of practical hands-on guidance on how you can get a handle on managing your mental health. If you don't manage our mind and don't manage our mental health, our brain and our body are a mess. The mind shows up in the brain and the body and we really need to know how to manage it. So come join me at the conference to really learn how to manage your mental health. You can get CMEs and CEUs, and if you're interested, go register at drleafconference.com. The link and details will be in the show notes. And this podcast is for educational purposes, so if you have a medical need, please contact the appropriate medical professional. And now back to regrets. So... My husband and I, my husband Mac and I were chatting the other day and he is one of the most phenomenal people when it comes to things like regrets. So whenever I'm sitting and chewing on something that I'm regretting, he's one of the first people that I'll go and speak to. And even though I know to do a neurocycle and I do the neurocycle, I always love his input as I'm doing the neurocycle to deal with regret because it really helps me. And what he does is he really gets sort of a handle on accepting what's happened and moving forward. Because one of the things with regret is that it keeps us, it can keep us tied in a knot where we feel completely stuck and create so many negative effects in the brain and the body and the mind. But if we understand how to manage regret, there is that silver lining. Regret can actually work for us and not against us. So when I was chatting to my husband about this podcast and he gave me some really good tips and 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 really, honestly, the, the greatest, one of the greatest overarching things is to understand that regret is, an uh, overarching thing, is that regret is not something that has to over, take over your life. It is something that you really can learn from. And, when I, and I'm saying this over and over because I really, 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 really battled with regret. I would honestly regret the little things that happened 
today and yesterday and last week and last year. And sometimes I'd go back to years ago. I mean, I remember at our wedding spending years later thinking, oh my gosh, why didn't I choose that wedding dress or that wedding dress? This is like years after the wedding and I love my wedding dress. I mean, it's such a ridiculous thing that I'm saying now, but I remember it consuming me at the time. And that's just one little thing. And it was a lot of my day was taken up with regrets. So I really do understand and have sympathy for how it can actually tie your knots and how important it is to understand regrets and what to do with them. So that's really what I have done and have learned to do over the years. And the NeuroCycle has been an invaluable tool in helping me manage that. And I can honestly say to you today that I am handling regrets so well. There's still days we are four, but I am 80% plus more efficient at managing regrets and making them work for me. So I want to share some of that insight with you. And I've shared this with many of my patients over the years and with thousands of people that we reach through all the things that I do. So first of all, let's just quickly look at the definition of regret. And there's many definitions. So I'm just going to give you an overarching simple definition. And that is that regret can be defined as feeling sad, frustrated, disappointed over something that has happened or has been done or a lost opportunity or lost time. And it tends to lead to us being really hard on ourselves and blaming ourselves. So it's something that's been said, done, finished, and we just can't deal with how it turned out or what happened or what went down. And we're very hard on ourselves in trying to deal with it. And we're not dealing with it. We just kind of ruminate on it. Okay. So when I asked my husband, Mac, what the secret was to dealing with regret, he said this. I deal with regret in the sense that I made the decision that led to this regret. And though it was a bad decision, I cannot do anything about that. But I can make positive, good decisions to solve that problem or to try and fix the consequences. And I can make other good decisions in the future. So that decision, that bad decision, did, he didn't let it define him. And I think this is a lot of what regret does. We kind of think, oh gosh, because I said or did that, that's now defined me, but it hasn't. Because at your core, as I always say, you're wired for love, you're phenomenal. Things happen and we make, and we're also experimental. We always say that as well. We are constantly dealing with things that are uncertain and sometimes, and not sometimes, often we make the wrong decision. And it's messy and we've got to tell ourselves it's okay to be messy and repair it and grow. And you can't hear me say that enough. I tell myself that all the time. And that is a huge component in what my husband was saying with regret and what I've learned to do with regret is accept that a bad decision or something that I have or haven't done, like I think I should have, is messy. But I don't have to stay in the mess. I can repair and grow. And that's very fundamental. What you eat affects how you feel and how you feel affects what you eat, which is why traditional dieting is often fraught with failure. And I say this from personal experience. It often ends up making you feel worse off than before and can be a very traumatic experience, potentially setting you up in a toxic cycle of restricting certain foods. The reality is that food and eating is about way more than a number on a scale or about avoiding certain foods we label as bad. It's about living your best, healthiest life and you can start doing that today with Noom, a psychology-based approach to getting people on track to eating healthier. Instead of setting strict 
rules, making you feel guilty for eating something, Noom empowers you with the knowledge to build smarter, more sustainable habits and behaviors over time. Indeed, what I have learned using Noom is that no one type of food is totally off limits. You can keep eating foods you love and celebrate while learning to maintain a healthier balance. They have taught me so much like how to shop better and understand that it is unhealthy to label certain foods as good or bad out of the context of my life and unique needs. Noom has built its entire platform on two things, research and wanting to help people lead healthier lives through behavioral change. A team of behavioral health experts have PhD and master's degrees in fields including psychology, integrative medicine, and neuroscience. But even though they're all about evidence-based science, they're also passionate about creating a more empathic approach to creating a healthier life. So, start building a better habit for healthier, long-term results. Sign up for your trial at noom.com slash drleaf. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash drleaf. The link and details will be in the show notes. So regret can actually be a hopeful emotion. So therefore regret is an emotion. And like all emotions, they are messengers. They are filled with messages to us about something that's going on in our life. So it's not that I am regret, it is that I am experiencing regret or I feel regret because of. What is the because of and what can I, how can I reconceptualize that because of? That's how we take the messiness of regret and find the silver lining and turn it around and reconceptualize it to make it work for us. Okay, so it's actually helpful in the sense, if you think of it, if you can take the mess and turn it into something that you learn from. You know, there's that cliche, make the mess the message. What you've done is you've then learned something from it. So therefore, that emotion of regret became something helpful because you learned what not to do, or you learned some character development thing in yourself, or you saw something and grew some in some way that you that you didn't realize you could grow. And so you gain more insight and wisdom. So that's a really important part of regret is to actually see that it's a warning signal it's a messenger. It helps us learn from our mistakes. And that is what Mac is so good at doing and that I have learned to do. So some people just seem to master this more easily than others. And some, but all of us can learn to master regret and become really good regret masters, which is what I believe I have become. So how can you take a bad experience or a bad decision and use it to work for you instead of getting stuck? and keep on thinking about it, okay, which is what you do with not using regret properly. So firstly, this ability is not based on the kind of person you are, but on the way that you are thinking about this regret, this regret thought, whatever the content is, the source, where it came from, and your interpretation and how you have processed it. So it's not based on who you are as a person. It's based on the way that you look at this. And this is where the neurocycle is so amazing because it helps you to look at this differently. So you'll see when I do the neurocycle in a moment how that helps you to look at it differently. So think of how cows ruminate. They chew the cud and then they swallow it down and then they regurgitate and they chew it again. And, and that's where the word ruminating in our thought life comes from. And ruminating is not productive in the sense of our thought life. 
because you just keep on rehashing the same thing. You keep chewing the same thing, but it's not bringing you helpful information. It's keeping you stuck. And in fact, in your brain, what it's doing is it's growing this thought even bigger. And in your mind, it's growing it even bigger in the gravitational fields of your mind. So it's getting more strength. So it's more dominant, dominant over you. And therefore, it's kind of owning you. So you want to own this. You kind of like become a master to this thing. And it controls you. And then it starts insidiously affecting how you feel mentally and emotionally, your psychoneurobiology, and then can start affecting how you work and relationships and day to day. And, you know, depending on how big it is and how consuming it is, but some regrets can become very, very consuming. And then, then, then the pattern of regret is set up in your life. So now you've got one regret, then something else happens and another regret and another. So in other words, you start building literally everything in your life can become a sort of regret, a toxic regretting predictive pattern. So you wire in almost how you view life as, oh, I'm going to do it wrong. I'm going to end up regretting it. So it's kind of everything you start regretting. Listen, I did that. No, it, it really, and it, it got pretty bad at one stage of my life. It would really affect how I would function. I get it under control so that I could still function. But it really was causing a lot of internal stress that was unnecessary. Secondly, how do we deal with the stuff that we cannot go back in and fix? Well, the only way to deal with that is for you to realize that you cannot change the past. You cannot change what has happened to you. You cannot change what you've done, what you said, that decision. But you can change how that is going to play out inside of you and into your future. In other words, you can change this. It happened, but you have to convert it into something healthy that is going to say, okay, I did that. It was wrong. This is the lesson that I learned. This is what I did. This is what I'm not going to do again. I'm going to fix it in whatever way I can. All those are the memories that you're building into this. And you're going to have to do that over cycles of 63 days. You can't change neural wiring in listening to this podcast and hearing this once. You're going to have to actually go do the neurocycle. You're going to have to build in as one of your active reaches, which is what I did for 63 days when I was working on this regret thing, is one of my active reaches was to, or once I'd done all the sort of reconceptualization and things that we'll talk about in a moment, I practiced telling myself, I can't change it. I can't change that. And, and I was specific. I can't change whatever the regret was. I can't change that. It's happened. It's the past. But I can change how it's going to play out in my future. How do I want it to play out in my future? What do I want to? And I'd ask myself that question. So every time I caught myself ruminating and doing that cow thing, I basically caught, grabbed my active reach. My active reach was my anchor to bring me back. And that then as I did that, I wired a new pathway into my brain. So through the neurocycle and using the act, that active reach of I can't change the past, but I can change how, how I can change what's in me and how it plays out. Practicing doing all the five steps and practicing that daily for sixty three days in different versions built the wiring into my brain. So now, if I get into regret, guess what comes back? I can't change that. I automatically go back to that insurance policy. That thought pops up, and it's so strong because I've had so much practice that I use that to now boomerang onto the how to manage and make that regret a useful message. I look for the I look for the silver lining and I make it work for me and not against me. Doesn't mean that I don't feel all the emotions that go with it of frustration and embarrassment and guilt and shame and all the rest of it. But I don't torture or torment myself anymore. Regret leads to lots of torture and torment. And that's just like not nice stuff to have going on. Okay. 
So another thing around this that we can't change the past is that there's the question is, do we have more regret over what we didn't do or do we have more regret over what we did do? So those are both can lead to regrets. That's what we call omission and commission. Omission, what we didn't do and commission, what we did do. So, you know, like what is the difference? So research, interesting research has shown that basically it's based on time. So what I did like today or yesterday or just a couple of days back, so it's very fresh in my memory. So whatever's very fresh in your memory that you did that you regret, it's it's more like you see you hear what I said. I said what you did. So it was the it was the commission, what you actually did. So we are more we tend to regret what we did when the time frame is recent. We tend to forget we tend to regret what we didn't do, omission, when the time frame expands. And the reason being is that and it's kind of obvious, but what you just did is very fresh in your face and the impact of that is very fresh in your face. And it's like, and it's when you do something, it's like there's an immediate, like direct awareness of it and impact and so on. So it's easier to, it's more, also more finite. It's the, it's, it's so recent. So it's very fresh. For all those reasons, we tend to regret what we did do when it's more recent. As time passes on, because of the of the the paradoxical hindsight is twenty twenty vision. In other words, when you look back, you can see all the things that you could have done. As time goes on, you have that, and that hindsight is twenty twenty vision is based on the fact that you now have more experience, you have more context, you have more wisdom, you have more life experience behind you, you have more things that you've learned, and you have imagination. So you can put all of that together, and you can look back to a month ago, to a year ago, to ten years ago, to twenty years ago, and of course. Look back to just a few months or a few years ago, of course you can look back and you can say, oh gosh, if I had done this, then that and this and this, and you can land up in a terrible toxic cycle of regret. So therefore, when it's a long period of time, we tend to regret omission, what we haven't done. When it's short periods of time, we tend to regret more what we have done. Okay, that's that's not a hard and fast rule, but it's a more or less kind of guideline. Thirdly, we tend to regret things that are out of our control. Okay, and this is where we tend to get really hard on ourselves. Like, for example, someone might—I'll give an example in my own life—that one of my one of my children was really sick, and I thought it was gastroenteritis, and all the symptoms were that, and basically just gave the medication for for stomach issues and so on. But it ended up being a burst appendix, and well, appendix that was it was appendicitis, and it, it manifests in exactly the same way. And and within twenty four hours, it had progressed from what I thought was the gastroenteritis into literally the colon, uh, the appendix bursting and then rushing to hospital. And I'll never forget for years, it took me a long time to forgive myself for if I had, if I had, if I had, if, 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 if. And even when I went into the hospital, I said, how did I miss this? And they said, listen, even doctors will miss the, the initial stages of appendicitis seems like gastroenteritis, you know, but still I couldn't, I did regret that. It was why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? But it was actually kind of out of my control. And that's one simple example. Sometimes you're trying to help someone and they do something that is pretty bad. And you think, well, if I had done this, maybe they wouldn't have done that. And you beat yourself up and you beat yourself up. But there are certain things that are just not in your control that you just can't change. And that you don't even know if you were able to do that, would it actually have made a difference? We'll never know that. That's information we'll never know. So. 
it's if you can take that if only and make it a lesson that if there's ever these symptoms again or this kind of situation again, this is what I'm going to do. That's the silver lining type thing. If we can take that and, and do that with it, that's good. But if we are beating ourselves up about it, then it's going to draw us back into tremendous trauma and tremendous torment. But if we can say, okay, I wish I had done that. If only I'd done that, but I didn't. And I don't even know if it could have made a difference. I'm going to be able to move forward, still sad, but move forward versus if I say, oh my gosh, I should have done that. Why didn't I do that? I I was so bad. And you're beating yourself up. You get stuck there. And as I said, that starts creating that predictive pattern in the brain and it can make you very negative about a lot of stuff. This episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic, a wellness company that is well known for its delicious mushroom coffee, which I drink every morning for my mental and brain health. Four Sigmatic's mushroom coffee is real, organic, fair trade, single origin Arabica coffee with lion's mane mushroom for productivity and chaga mushroom for immune support. Now, that is something to get out of bed for in the morning. I've been starting my day with Four Sigmatic's ground mushroom coffee with lion's mane instead of regular coffee. And I love how it helps me focus so I can get things done and has really helped me clean up my mental mess. Now, you're probably thinking, does this coffee taste like mushrooms? I can guarantee it tastes just like coffee you love. It brews dark and nutty and tastes incredible. We've worked out an exclusive offer with Four Sigmatic on their best-selling mushroom coffee. But this is just for cleaning up the mental mess listeners. Get up to 40% off plus free shipping on mushroom coffee bundles. To claim this deal, you must go to foursigmatic.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. This offer is only for cleaning up the mental mess listeners and is not available on their regular website. You'll save up to 40% and get free shipping. So go right now to foursigmatic.com slash drleaf and fuel your productivity and creativity with some delicious mushroom coffee. The link and details will be in the show notes. Let's now talk about using the neurocycle, the five steps of the neurocycle, which will gather, reflect, write, recheck, and active reach in helping you to learn how to this is an example to learn how to do this. Now, I'm just going to give you one overview one. Obviously, if you do one neurocycle, it's not going to work for you. As I keep on telling you on every podcast, in my books, everywhere, it takes time to rewire your brain. So it's going to take at least 63 days and maybe more cycles, depending on how complex your regret pattern is, to fix this up. So neurocycling in my latest book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, you'll find all about how to do it, the history of it. This thing is 38 years of research behind it. The neurocycle, it's a system for how you get your mind under control. And in this specific case, regrets, how you are dealing with that regret thought. Remember I said earlier on that it's not about you as a person, it's about how you look at that thought. So the neurocycle is going to help you get that mind shift into how you look at that thought. The fact that you can't change what's happened in the past. The fact that certainly there's that time frame that we, we regret more stuff immediately versus we forget, we regret what we did more when it's short time frame versus long time we, time frames. We forget, we regret what we didn't do, what we omitted to do. And then the, the mere fact that we, we you know, we, we just got to get to the point where we realize that we, we can't, we can't keep the ruminating just is keeping us stuck. It's not moving us forward. It's not producing anything helpful to help our life. So the neurocycle helps you take that good wisdom and actually make it not just something you've heard and and say, oh, that's great, I need to apply that in my life, and then you never apply it, and you're still regretting. The neurocycle will take these things that I'm telling you 
and help you to wire that pattern into your brain. So you don't just, oh, I heard that podcast by Dr. Leaf and these are great ways to manage regret, that you're actually doing them, that you actually haven't just heard them, but you've actually applied them and wired them into your brain. So the neurocycle is how you use your mind to wire what you need into your brain to function. Okay. So the first thing is to gather awareness. And obviously you can't just do this once. You have to do it over time. And so what you're going to do is you're going to gather awareness of the regret. Don't deny it. And also recognize that you have the ability to respond. Sometimes you feel so helpless, but you have the ability. Your mind drives your brain and your body. Without your mind, your brain and body are dead. Okay, that's the, the difference between you and a dead person is your mind. So as you, your, your wise mind is there to work with your messy mind. And if you don't know what your wise mind is, just think of the last time someone came and asked you for advice and you gave them great advice. And you thought, wow, I should take my own advice. That's evidence of wise mind. You are wise at your core. So the neurocycle helps you to tap into that wisdom and to develop the ability to have confidence in your own wisdom. Okay, so in other words, recognize that you do have the ability to respond, okay, in the way that is going to work for you. It's going to take time, so, and it's very important you keep telling yourself it's okay to be a mess, but you do have the ability. You are empowered. I talk about the empowerment factor in this book and how it's so vital for moving forward in anything in our life is to recognize we are empowered. Okay, so once, you, once you've gathered awareness of what you're regretting, Maybe there's five or six things. Take the top one. You can always work with each individually as different neurocycles or just work maybe as a cluster if they're similar. You, you can see how it goes. Sometimes you might need to do a couple of neurocycles or you start on one and then you can bring the others in. But just write them down somewhere so that you are aware of those things that you're regretting. Take the one that you would rank like top number, like say give a score of 10 or something and start with that one. So gather awareness of it and get really, gather awareness of the group. Select the one that you want to work on and then work on that over the next 63 days. And as I said, if the others seem related as you're going along, then bring those in or do a separate neurocycle on them. So look at the things that are impacting how you function. What is restricting you moving forward? What's keeping you stuck? Okay, so then the next thing you do is going to reflect. And what you're doing is in the state of mind where you have gathered awareness of what you're regretting and you recognize that you have the ability to respond. So part of that gathering awareness is gathering awareness of what you're regretting, plus adding on that you have this ability to respond, okay? You come into it with that mindset, you now start reflecting. And you're reflecting on your ability to respond by acknowledging that you made the decision to do something, that's commission, or not to do something, a mission. Potentially in the heat of an emotional moment, fiery moment, and not obviously the best way to do things, but nonetheless, it was made. This is the kind of stuff you're going to reflect on. The big reflection being that you reflected that you reflect on what was bad about the decision in order to ascertain all the implications. So what was bad about that decision? And please, you're doing this in a non-judgmental way because you, this is not you. This was you in the mess. And in the, what we're doing now is we're looking at the mess non-judgmentally with compassion and we're repairing it so that we can grow. Okay, so um, it's okay to make a mess. Remember that when you dwell or ruminate on the decision, like the cow, it cripples us emotionally and spills out into other areas of our life, especially relationships and creativity. When we repeatedly chew on but get nothing new that's helpful, we will only feel worse. And then this leads to more regret and the regret owning you instead of you owning the regret. 
In fact, research shows that people who have regret and ruminate on it have worse outcomes. Okay? So I'm giving you the tools to get over it. And you're not going to get over it from just listening to this podcast. You have to listen and you have to apply. And listen to this podcast as many times as you need to. And if it regrets an issue in your life, and use the NeuroCycle. Get the book. Get the app, the NeuroCycle app. And use and work on that regret thing in the cycles the way that I teach you. Okay, so this is just the overarching how, how you'd approach it. There are so many small and big stresses that can impact our mental well-being as we go about our day. But our skincare shouldn't be one of those things. This is why I love Oak Essentials, the perfectly uncomplicated and entirely natural beauty brand that helps you simplify your skincare routine in all the best ways. Made in California from plant-based quality ingredients that are packed with purpose, Oak Essentials makes it easy to create an everyday skincare routine that's clean, effective and convenient using their comprehensive five-step skincare regimen. I personally love their amazing Ritual Oil, which is a vitamin-rich oil that restores the skin's natural barrier and keeps moisture and their incredibly hydrating restorative mask, which is a must-have after long work days or traveling. I love that Oak Essentials is clean, foundational skincare for everyone at every age. Guided by nature's power to sustain and replenish, Oak's formulas are non-GMO and organic whenever possible, and always free from synthetic fragrances, silicones, colorants, sulfates, phthalates, parabens, PEGs, petroleum, mineral oil, and nanoparticles. Oak Essentials is beauty as nature intended it. Reveal your best skin with Oak Essentials at oakessentials.com. You can purchase the entire five-step routine for $195 or try your first product for 15% off when you use the code LEAF at checkout. That's O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S dot com promo code Dr. Leaf. The link and details will be in the show notes. So after reflect, you then write it down. You write down all the implications from that decision. And as you know, I love to recommend you write in a metacog. And a metacog is a way of organizing information that really draws the two sides of the brain to work together, activates the 200 specialities, gets you diving deep into the non-conscious mind and connecting the wise and the messy mind. I tell you how to do it in the app and in here and my book, Think, Learn, Succeed. And the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. It's difficult at first, but when you get into it, it's amazingly insightful. Okay, it was one of the most, one of the incredibly powerful tool that I used for years as a clinician, and I use it every day, the Metacog, as part of the neurocycle. So you write it down, and then you go into the fourth step, which is to recheck, which is to now make sense, because that writing in the Metacog is kind of messy. You get all the stuff down. There's a lot of stuff, and now you want to organize it. So the recheck is organizing it, and here's some reconceptualizations. So you recheck with these kinds of reconceptualizations. So rechecking is to see it differently, to see it from another perspective, to reconceptualize. So we're shifting, we're making it, we're looking for that silver lining, we're making it work for us, we're looking at it from a different perspective. We can't change what's happened, but we're changing what's in us. So this work you're doing is mind work that's actually rewiring the brain. So you're building in what you want there and taking out what you don't want. Okay, so what, so here's some things. You may or may not be able to do anything about the regret, and you may or may not be able to change the consequences. Sometimes we can change the consequences, sometimes we can't. What you can do is, you can try repair any damage to the people involved. You can try to manage the consequences, if at all possible. And if you can't, you have to accept this with sadness and with acceptance, true acceptance, true acceptance that you can say, okay, it's done. As it comes up, if things come up down the line, I will say sorry, I will do whatever I can to repair. 
but I don't know if I can repair. So if you can, you do. If you can't, you accept. Okay. So what we also need to do is make sure to try to remember this. What is the lesson? So that you do not do this again in the future. So important. So as I said in the beginning, the regret's a warning signal. It's a positive, it's it's actually a very positive thing if you use it properly, because regret is is a warning signal telling you that something that you have done or didn't do isn't working for you. It's not having good effects. So you can learn what they are so you don't do them again. That's the lesson. That's the silver lining. That's how you move forward. That's productive. That's not rumination. Okay. So what is the lesson so that you don't do this again? Or at least catch yourself quickly and stop. So if you, so I'm not going to say that you're never going to regret again. I still regret, but I catch myself very quickly. And I shift through the neurocycle and reconceptualize quickly. So remind yourself that you have and will make. This is another very important thing. This is something that Mac does all the time and I've learned to do. Remind yourself that you have actually also made some really good decisions in your past and you will in the future. So in amongst the bad decisions, the omission and the commission decisions that lead to regret, you've also made some pretty good ones. Okay, so and remind yourself, write them down. Give yourself some, you know, well done. And do we have more regret over what we didn't do versus we did what we did do? So just that reminder, you can also analyze it. You can break it down. So if I look at my regret, is this an omission or commission thing? Am I going back and looking back based on my experience now and torturing myself thinking, why didn't I know it then? Well, if you do it like I've just said, it'll give you a bit more distance and logic to say, well, I didn't know that then. So therefore, it's okay. That was the mess I made. This is what I know now. This is the lesson. So I know I won't do that again. So you, you, shift, the, you shift the paradigm. That's reconceptualization. And as you're doing this with a neurocycle, this is what you're wiring into your brain. And as you stabilize this over 63 days, that's the kind of thinking that will carry you through the next regret quicker than the last one, which gets you stuck. Okay, so after that is your active reach. So as I said, my active reach was always to remind myself that it's okay to make a mess and that it, I can't change the past, but I can change the future because my regrets always hinged around recreating scenarios of how that past should have looked and beating myself up because the past didn't look like that. And even though I knew logically I couldn't change the past, so I had to wire in a bridge between I know I can't do that and I must stop recreating those scenarios. So I had to do active reaches to stop myself recreating those scenarios. So now just to end off, I've got a couple of recheck kind of concepts that will help you and a couple of active reaches just to help you in your thinking as you go through the neurocycle. And remember, you can get the full neurocycle in the book and in the app, the neurocycle app, the links will be in the show notes. So here's some rechecks. Find yourself some a great quote to help you reconceptualize. For example, in the end, we only regret the chances we didn't take, the relationships we were afraid to have, and the decisions we took too long to make. By Ritu Gaturini, I love that quote. Another recheck. This is as you read from the writing stage. This is the fourth step. These are the kinds of thinking patterns that you want to bring into making the information work for you. Keep telling yourself it's okay to make a mess because it's part of the journey of discovery into who you are. As much as it hurts and frustrates and as much as you might want to turn back the hands of time, we should see every regret as an insight. This is a good one. See every regret as an insight that makes you a better person because you are repairing and growing. I tell you that has been so freeing for me to see every regret as an insight. I'm so much better now than I was then. How I thought then to how I thought now. And I don't beat myself up. I just am so glad at the insight that I have that I'm not like I was and that I'm like this now, that my true nature is coming out now. It's not being blocked and that I've learned. See that kind of thing? 
So I'm doing one more. I had a whole lot here. Be curious about who you are. So learn from your decisions. You learn by being curious. Have a curious mindset. A couple of active reaches. Tell yourself things like failure is the stepping stone to success. Totally cheesy, but it's true. You should never regret your decisions, no matter how bad the failures turn out to be because of those decisions. Never regret them and work because you've now worked through. So an active reach works when you've done the previous four steps. You can't just take these kind of statements and put them on like a bandit on the wound. You have to go and do the whole deconstruction, reconstruction thing. So the active reach is the end phase where you use that to help keep you anchored in that managing that regret. Another one, I'm adapting to survive. That's a great one. I'm improving with failure. I'm learning the pitfalls that might come down the road. So those are the kinds of things that you can use in your active reach to help you. Well, I hope this has helped you today and I'm excited to share this with you because I know how this has freed me so much and I get lots of questions about how do I deal with regret. So I know if you really take this message to heart and you really dive in and use the NeuroCycle over the 63 days, you're going to learn to manage the current regrets that you have and be much more efficient at managing ones that come up in the future. Thanks for joining me today. I look forward to seeing you next time. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.